Hello and welcome back to Brie and Friends. Finally, right? It's been a while, guys. How's everyone doing? How's your mom and them? I'm fine. <laughs> Thanks for asking if you did. Um, yeah, guys, it's it's been a while and I'm going to get into telling you why. <clears throat> oh, I didn't introduce a show. This is Brie and Friends. Your favorite annual podcast about nothing and everything. And I'm your host, Bree Simmons. Yeah. Okay. On with the show. Um, so here's why I haven't, you know, sat down to speak with you guys in a while. So late February, I recorded an episode with a group of my gal pals um, from back home, went to college together. We've been friends for about 10, 11 years, all of us. And that's a crazy amount of time to be friends with anybody. And uh, we, we've been through a lot together. So I thought it would be interesting to do an episode where we just talk about life and its many changes, the ebb and flows, um, and how it pertains to us and how we've changed and evolved through it all. And because, you know, we've known each other for so long. We were with each other like the very, very beginning of our 20s, like 18 years old until now or until now. We're still friends. We are. I, I just saw them a month ago. It was great um, for our friend's wedding um, <laughs> um, up until now. So 10, 11 years of friendship and most of us live together. And that's crazy. Like six of us lived together. Not everyone who uh, were roommates at that time were on that episode, but there were six of us in a like townhouse style dorm room or really like a little apartment. It was insane. It was a great time. <laughs> a lot of emotions. <laughs> um, but anywho, I recorded that episode and the audio itself before I wanted to edit it was two and a half hours long. And no, I'm not I'm not going to just post a two and a half hour episode of us going on and on. And there were some things that just shouldn't have been in the episode anyway. Um, there were some audio issues because we all recorded remotely. I was here in L.A. They were all in Illinois at their respective homes. Um, so there were just some some time delay issues, some mic issues that we worked through in the two and a half hours. It was still a great conversation, but I needed to clip some things. And each and every time I went in, guys, I shit you not, it would crash, just just fall to pieces. And I, I don't, it was very frustrating. So that's reason number one. But what I've decided to do is I'm just going to cut it up into like half hour segments. And hopefully the conversation flows into each other. I'll make it sound nice. Be a little mini series. Free and friends back home. I don't know what I'll call it. Sis oh, no, 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 no. I named the uh, save file sister friends. So, you know, like the uh, hit UPN show, Girlfriends. My girlfriends. Where Tracy, no, that's not where Tracy Ellis Ross got her official start, but that's where I first knew her from. That and the Kanye West video. For uh, Touch the Sky and uh, Kanye's workout plan. Check her out. Tracy Ellis Ross is a hysterical, beautiful human being. Anywho, 
getting off topic. So that's what I was doing. <laughs> that's why we're here now, eight months later. Don't you min miss my uh, random tangents? Along with that, your girl has been very, very busy. I mean, I know I say that all the time and I'm very grateful and blessed to be this busy, which means, you know, I don't really have to want for much. I mean, not that I'm like, you know, super. I'm just like everyone else. I'm paying my student loans off one month at a time, you know, <laughs> um, but I've just been very busy with work and I actually got to sing at the Walt Disney Concert Hall. Um, was that earlier this month or no, 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 no. It was last. No, earlier this month. Yeah. Ooh, wee. Earlier this month, I got to sing at the Walt Disney Concert Hall with the Cow Phil and the Cow Phil Chorus. And it was an amazing experience. I will remember and treasure it forever. We did uh, Carmen and for the first half, it was uh, Carmen. And uh, we did like little selections from there. There were amazing soloists. Oh, they were all great. Um. And the second half of the concert were songs from movies, um, some some Disney songs, not like the campy ones, but the more uh, like uh, I want to say more not cinematic, but the more uh, classic songs from Disney, um, like Old Man River was in there. Um, we did Circle of Life, which was great it was amazing we had um a beautiful 13 year old girl i think i believe her name was Haley, who did the opening that opening solo and she was uh, dressed in costume at the very top of the concert hall and i was i felt so great for her i'm like you are 13 years old making your debut at the walt disney concert hall singing the solo to circle of life in front of thousands of people Oh, beautiful. She was great. I can't remember. Oh, the theme to the mission. If you've seen that film, um, I, I don't think the film's great. Some might think it is it was in 84, but the score is phenomenal. It is. It's been called the best movie score in 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 cinematic history. I don't know if I made that last bit up, but I'll go ahead and say it. It's beautiful. Um, and yeah, I can't remember everything else we sang. I don't want to read the whole program off to you, <laughs> but it was great. It was a great experience. I had a great time. Uh, we went out to dinner afterwards with folks. It was lovely, lovely. Um, and I sang with that same group in Marina Del Rey and we sang uh, La Boheme while they acted it out in front of us. It was like a concert in the park. Um, with this orchestra, the Marina Del Rey Orchestra, and then us singing, um, and the soloist um, out front acting out La Boheme, which is what Rinse based off, guys. A little bit of fun musical history for you. So the other reason I gathered you all here today, um, since that last episode that I tried to edit that will be coming out in little excerpts, um, I've had like a lot of random things on my mind that I'm like, I need to talk to someone or maybe to myself over the internet about. <laughs> um, and I wrote them all down and now you guys get to hear them. So welcome to Bree's Random Ramblings. 
Now, we all know this is not going to be in like any particular order and especially not chronological. So let's just uh, jump on into it. My first little bullet point. It's not really little. Um, The show Pose. So how I happened upon Pose, it came out uh, last summer, June 2018, I believe the first season. And I really wanted to see it then um, because I had just watched the documentary Paris is Burning and I was fascinated with the balls and the culture. Um, And that's really what Pose is about. Um, It's like a drama, a little bit of comedy in there, but mostly drama um, about New York City's African-American and Latino LGBTQ and gender non-conforming ballroom culture scene in the 1980s. And the second season brings us into the 90s, actually. 1990. Great year. It's a great year. Um, but yeah, so the first season, I had to wait for it to come out on Netflix. So because <laughs> I don't have cable. And I couldn't find anywhere to watch it online that was like credible and wouldn't send viruses to my computer. So I'm like, you know what? I'll wait it out. I'll wait it out. Um, But I binged watched it. I think it was in March or something that it came to Netflix and it broke my heart. Like it in the best way, though, I the first season wasn't nearly as sad as the second season is and i'm not going to give away any spoilers in case anybody hasn't seen it yet like if you're like myself i just had to break down and buy the second season on voodoo because i couldn't wait i'm like i don't want to wait another year for it to come to netflix season two so i'm like i love this show i'll give them my money take this um so i bought season two and watched it via voodoo it's a streaming app um and you can also hook up your Blu-rays to it. Side note. Um, so I watched it all through there. I didn't binge watch it, though. I tried to watch it week to week. Maybe I watched like two in one week. Um, but the second season totally like it, it destroyed me emotionally. But it is so good. And what I really love about the show in general is is just the feeling you get of of a family and love and the culture that they show in there and also the grittiness of new york but also the way it can look so magical and you can get anything done there like you know the old if i can make it there then i can make it anywhere that's how i felt watching it um and it's also i think i'm a little bit obsessed with new york city and the accents and just how much culture they have like diversity they have in that city and it really shows through in this show like i feel like everyone is represented but it's funny because it's how those cultures were portrayed and represented in the late 80s and the 90s and it's it's it stars um I think all of them who are transgender women in the show are actually transgender women. Um, And that's another thing. Like the cast is very diverse and very inclusive. And it shows you, you can have a great cast by casting people who actually fit their character um, descriptions, you know? Um, 
you have MJ Rodriguez, who plays um, Blanca. Um, India Moore, who plays Angel, who is my favorite. And her character arc through the first season and the second is beautiful. Same thing with um, Blanca. Um, Blanca is like the house mother. Um, house of Evangelista. Um, Electra, she... Uh, who's who plays that? I think it's Dominique Jackson plays Electra, and she is phenomenal in that movie. She plays like the they call themselves the elders, um, and she's the mother of House um, Electra. What is she has so many different ones though. I don't want to give any away. The first one, it's House of Abundance is her first house. She's the mother of the House of Abundance, which had Blanca and Angel in it. Um, and two other women, Candy and Lulu, who, again, I don't want to give away any spoilers. Season one, I'm not afraid of giving away spoilers because I feel like you've seen it already. Um, Billy Porter. How can I forget him? F phenomenal. He plays Pray Tell, who is like the MC of the balls. Um, he's a fashion designer and he's a mentor to them. And and he, I think, especially clings on to Blanca and her kids, even when they're in House of Abundance. So Blanca broke off the first season um, from Electra and made her own house. Um, and from there, she had Angel with her and a boy named Damon who got kicked out of his home for being gay. And that's really how a lot of the people men and women ended up in these balls and in these houses is they weren't accepted where they came from they were left alone some of them homeless and they take each other in they take care of each other and that's what i love like they're there to help each other lift each other up um and they also because around this time hiv and aids was running rampant and no one really knew what it was or, you know, how to control it or so it really showed like you've seen so many documentaries where they talk about how a lot of people from back then in the LGBTQ community have their friends are dead from this virus. And it really it doesn't sugarcoat it at all in this series, the first or second season. Um, and if you're not sure what ball culture is or drag balls or house ballroom community um it's like an under well it's not like it is it's an underground um subculture um for the lgbt community and you participate it's like a competition or like a pageant but um what i love about it is like yes they're competing with each other but at the end of the day it's all love for them like they're just there to applaud each other and encourage each other to be the best themselves they can be. That sentence didn't make sense, but you know, roll with me. Um, but they compete for trophies and prizes and it, it's great. It's great. And they take a lot of pride in it. And that's where the different houses come into play. So the different houses and house mothers all compete. So you have House of Wintour, House of Abundance, House of Fabulosity, things like that, that all compete. And it's cool. It's real great. Um, and they have different categories uh, like you have walks where it's like a runway thing or they have different themes and you have to fit that theme and it's pretty cool 
pretty cool. So I, I don't want to get heavy into that because that's another show in on itself. Um, but if you watch the show, you'll kind of catch on to what it is. Um, so yeah, I love Pose. Season two, if you haven't seen it already, get through it. It'll break your heart, but also give you so much hope. And yeah, that's all I'll say on that because then this whole episode will then be about Pose. And this is a mini soap. I can't go over like an hour, if that. Gonna try to get you guys in and out. I don't really have a cool way to transition into this. <laughs> but one thing I was thinking the other day is that I'm glad I'm standing up for myself more than you. Like, if you know me, some people think that I can be a bit, I don't want to say bossy, but a little bit assertive. But at the same time, I'm a very to myself kind of shy person. Like, if I know you well enough, I'll speak up and say something. If not, I'm going to just keep my cool on the outside. But inside, I am seething and <laughs> cursing you out any which kind of way. But lately, I've been, you know, more forward. If I feel like I'm not getting treated the way I should be treated, or I think something isn't fair, or people just random fucking yelling out to me in the street I say something now and it's I didn't make like a conscious effort to do so I think it's just coming with age not that I'm like up there in age I'm not even 30 yet I'm getting there though one more one more year but I think I've just the older I've gotten the blacker and angrier at this world <laughs> I've become and I don't want that to sound negative. I'm not angry at everyone. I don't think everything is everyone else's fault. I don't want it to sound like that. But I see the injustice and I see how people can just be so horrible. And I just simply can't stand by anymore and watch it happen. For my sake and my future family's sake. Um, so I'm just proud of myself for speaking up for myself and for, you know, well, I've always spoke up for people that I love that hasn't been an issue like my friends family I'm gonna speak up for you I got you ride or die myself though you know I'll just lay in the cut I don't like to be bothersome but I'm happy that I'm doing more of that I'm evolving as a person and an adult and I'm glad about it so I just thought I'd and I think it came up because I mean it's okay to say it now it got resolved so <laughs> there was this whole thing guys story time here I was simply trying to go uh, with Dante back to my place of employment because I left my laptop there and I'm like five minutes away from there. It wouldn't take long to get it. It was in the evening and but still light outside. It was like early summer and I'm backing out because there's street parallel parking. I'm backing out. I'm a great parallel parker. Let me start there. Um, And this car behind us like if you're parallel parking on the street everyone's literally bumper to bumper so there was a car behind us which i believe belongs to our neighbor but our neighbor wasn't driving it and uh i guess what they claim we did was quote smash his license plate we did not smash anything we didn't we, we barely touched it there was no impact like you know when you're backing out and your car literally just touches the other car that's what happened and he freaked out like he freaked out 
but I wasn't backing down. Like he kept demanding to get my license, take a picture of my driver's license and all this stuff. And I'm just like, no, like, no, not doing it. And long story short, guys, this man stood out there for an hour and a half because he called the police. He called the police. The police were pissed. They're like, why are we out here? It was like nine o'clock when they got there. Like we had already left and got my laptop and came back because I'm like, what are we doing? Because he said I wasn't, um, you know, um, agreeing with him and compromising with him and being difficult. And I'm like, I'm just not going to give my license to a stranger for touching their car. So long story short on that, the police came. They're like, nothing happened. We're going to go. We're just going to go. And so to protect myself, I just called my insurance because I'm like, listen, this might happen. Took the car in to get measured. Turns out nothing happened. They're like, oh, well, no, we took measurements of the car. Doesn't show any impact. So you're fine. I'm like, oh, you don't say you don't say. But in that moment, I was glad that I stood up for myself and told that guy that he can simply fuck off in a nice way, though. I didn't curse him out or anything. And it was really hard for me not to do that. I mean, you can ask around and we have a pretty good reputation in this neighborhood. So I'm like, he's not going to have me out here looking like the crazy black woman. But also he is not about to walk all over me. Can't let that happen. So it was a lot of my pride, but I still stood up for myself and I felt pretty good about it. I'm like, he can't just, you know, who are you? Anyway, the man didn't even live here. And that's that on that. Anyway, rant and story time over on to the next. Um, so on this journey of random ramblings and random thoughts I had, this I thought of coming back from the dentist the other day. Dentistry is, is fascinating and expensive. That is my statement. Um, many of you probably already agree with this. I, I've had some dental work done, nothing too extensive, Um, I had a root canal done like a while ago, though, and it was the most metal experience I have ever. Like I lucked out. Thank goodness for my insurance. I I had this really great. um, I forget the specialty name for people who do root canals, but he was specifically that kind of dentist and his office was pristine. He had like state of the art 3D X-ray thingamajigs that I got to stand in and he took an x-ray of my entire head with my teeth and all of that. And I'm like, this is crazy. Thank goodness, Delta Delta Dental Insurance is what I have. It's great. It's phenomenal. Um, and I'm fairly cheap. Um, and he had this like microscope binocular deal that he used to perform the uh, root canal with instead of like, standing and hovering over me while my mouth is like held open (laughs) with I don't know how many different kinds of like cotton things to keep it open um so it was pretty quick for what it was and painless like I do well with that numbing stuff they put on the Novocaine I do really well with that like I've, I've never had an experience where it's worn off or anything like that so I wasn't worried about that for me it's just how long and how uncomfortable is this gonna be And that was like a pretty quick thing. But let me tell you something to see because I could see everything in the camera because he was looking through a camera into my mouth to do the root canal. And he was showing me as he was going what he's doing. Root canals are like, guys, 
there was like metal flying everywhere sparks um it smelled like burning at one point but I wasn't afraid I'm just like what is happening and I think I kept annoying them because every time they did something I was like wow but like you know my mouth is stuck open so it sounds like I'm saying ow so he would stop and look at me and I'm like it's fine like wow it wasn't as clear but I'm like it's fine it's fine I'm just this is great this is amazing like <laughs> you know if you've ever seen Little Shop of Horrors um Bill Murray's character when he goes to the dentist that's how I felt where he's like enjoy but he see he didn't want any Novocaine or anything he was like one of those guys who enjoyed the pain and every time they went drilling in his mouth he's like candy bar you are something special you are something special oh you are something special you are something special it's kind of like that um but without the pain I don't want to feel anything I was just like this is pretty metal what you're doing right now to my tooth but uh, yeah, I, I don't recommend trying to get a root canal. It is pricey. It is inconvenient. Um, so after that, I got a crown put in. And the process for that was also insane, like to make the mold for it. And it was just, it, it was a lot. But I'm like, you know, God bless these dentists. This is a lot of stuff. And it's good that they have people who specialize in certain procedures. So, you know, it's not all on one person, but... Uh, I'm sorry. I know that wasn't as interesting, but <laughs> I just thought root canals getting crowns and 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 it, I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting process. Like if you've ever had that done, it's probably like the normal person would hate it. And I thought I would hate it. What I hated was the cost. That's about it. But the actual process is all pretty metal. Like I don't understand how I, I need to like read up on this, like grab an encyclopedia or something and look into the history of dentistry to figure out who did the first root canal and thought, we just got to get these nerves out of here. We, we got to go. It's got to go. And how they went about doing it, because the first root canal had to be something horrible. So God bless whoever that was who sacrificed themselves for the rest of us to have pleasant root canal experiences thank god for the internet and google i found it guys so um according to a brief history of endodontics um in 1838 edwin maynard of washington dc performed the well he didn't perform the first root canal he i guess introduced the first root canal instrument instrument excuse me instrument um which he created by filling a watch spring. Wow. Ooh, that's ghetto. Um, <laughs> we've come a long way. I hope that he uh, cleaned. Uh, ooh. Um, and then in 1847, another Edwin, Edwin Truman, introduced gutta percha as a filling material. Gutta percha, maybe. Um. I mean, Jesus Christ, like this is a whole essay, guys. I mean, I know it says a brief history, but someone like really this looks like one of those old like this is bringing me back to college where I would have to look up like credible sources like and you reach into like the medical or science journals. That's what this is. Ooh -wee. 
but even what is this wow guys i found in 1687 charles allen um you know first started describing techniques of dental transplants 1687 they were doing this shit holy crap wow we so you know guys if you've got some time it's about three pages long look up a brief history of um endodontics by arnaldo oh i don't know how to pronounce his last name casalucci md dds look it up it's the first thing that comes up on google looks like it's a good read unfortunately we don't have time to read through that now but I mean, God bless him back in 1838, getting root canals done with a watch spring. Wow. Wowie. All right. So um, now I'm going to get into things that are like closer to whatever month this is. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood. I know I am late with recording or giving you my reactions to this film this late in the game but it, it, it whatever deal with it once upon a time in hollywood is is a great film i mean this in the best way possible you don't realize it's a tarantino film until the very end and then i'm like oh yeah oh yeah 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 <laughs> like it's and I like Tarantino's films, but you know, they all have their way about them. And this one, I think kind of broke the mold. I could be wrong. There might be some film buffs out there that are scoffing at it, but that's just my opinion from, and my favorite Tarantino films, not in any particular order. I don't know what order to put them in, but definitely Pulp Fiction, um, Kill Bill. I think I like volume two better. Kill Bill volume two. Um, and, uh, Inglorious Bastards. And now this, like, I want to rewatch it. I've only seen it the one time. Um, but I really do need to see it again just to, you know, analyze things a bit more, see, like find things that I didn't find the first time through or see the first time through. I originally, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I mean, when did it come out? July 26th. It's, it's enough time. I'm not spoiling anything you don't already know. It's like two months. Um, <laughs> um, so the synopsis of it. Um, so it's Hollywood, 1969, um, where everything is changing as TV star Rick Dalton, which is played by Leo DiCaprio, and his longtime stunt double Cliff Booth, who is played by Brad Pitt. Both of them did amazing. Ugh. Like they, they were both really good in their roles. I, and, and Cliff has a pit bull that you will love. She is so great. She is, mm. and don't worry, I'll, I'll spoil this. The dog doesn't die because let me tell you, that was it for me. I'm like, as soon, they kept showing the dog and I'm like, if this dog dies, I'm walking the fuck out of this theater. It's fine though. She lives and she does amazing. Um, anyway, Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton, they make their way around an industry they hardly recognize anymore. The ninth film from the writer-director features a large ensemble cast and multiple storylines to attribute to the final moments of Hollywood's golden age. And it really, it really did. I, <laughs> the synopsis is correct. Um, like he, Rick Dalton's like this old, he used to be in a lot of Westerns 
um, in this one Western TV show that was really big. And now he's older. The industry is changing. And they put him in like this spaghetti Western. And he's like, I can't do this. I can't be in a spaghetti. Like he thinks it's beneath him. And it's the end of his career. And, you know, I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to ruin the plot. Because, again, there are a bunch of storylines. And I don't want to get too into it. Because then again, this whole episode will be about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, but my random rambling about it is that it's good. You should see it more than once. Maybe even more than twice. And it goes by quickly. Like, I think it was three hours long. Almost three hours long. And I didn't feel it at all. I mean, some people might, but it went by really quick for me. And it was a good story. Um, it kept me engaged the whole time. And, I mean, that's hard for me. <laughs> like, when I see a movie, is over an hour and a half. I'm like, whew, okay. Let's settle myself in here. Um... But yeah, it, it, it was good. Um, which leads me to, oh, oh, real quick. This will kind of tie in. So one random rambling I have about this, and it's super random. Um, they go to a party um, in the hills in this film, like near the beginning. And Mama Cass is at the Playboy. Oh, not the hills. What am I thinking? They're at the fucking Playboy Mansion. They're at the Playboy Mansion. And Mama Cass is in attendance and i say this to say i also have seen rocket man i know we're very far behind but listen i haven't spoken to you guys since january so you know bear with me so mama cass if you're not sure who that woman is um she was the mama and the mamas and the papas mama cass she was the bigger lady beautiful voice <sighs> she could do no wrong i fucking love mama cass anyway I say that because in Rocket Man, and I'm not going to get too into that, I, on a short end, didn't hate it, but I'm not rushing to see it again. The only reason I want to watch it again is because the soundtrack is great. I would describe Rocket Man as Across the Universe with Elton John songs and his like actual life. Because you know how Across the Universe told the stories of the late 60s just using Beatles music they weren't actually there but they had their characters you know in not in game I'm sorry Rocket Man was that but about Elton John Elton John's life and really his road to sobriety and I liked that aspect of it and I loved what they did with most of the songs the only song I did not like was what I love Benny and the Jets the, those first couple of chords so simple but beautiful um, they turned it into a disco, like, dance remix. And he's, like, on some acid trip in the movie. And I'm like, you chose Benny and the Jets for this? This song could have been beautiful. Like, ugh. Anyway, an old dude. I'm sorry, I don't have the time to look it up right now. But the guy who played, um, in, uh, Kingsman, which I watched on the plane for the first time <laughs> about a month ago and loved it. Because I wanted to see the second one, but I hadn't seen the first. And I'm glad I did. Because, um, you know, he, he's playing Elton John. And he's do, he did a great job. The He did a great job as Elton. I'm not sure about the storytelling. But I love everyone's performance. I love the soundtrack. And circling back to Mama Cass, um, they just played the Troubadour in L.A. I've been there. It's a great venue. 
Um, and the director, I guess, or the manager, whomever, is like, all right, who wants to go to a party at Mama Cass's place? And I got so excited. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, they're going to show Mama Cass. Mama Cass was nowhere to be seen in that film. There was no Mama Cass. So there's that. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood delivered Mama Cass and Rocket Man failed to do so. But, you know, one more thing on Rocket Man which stuck with me is they use Goodbye Yellow Brick Road throughout the whole film and it like led up to this big climax and I just love how they did that because that song itself is just beautiful the the composition itself is it's it's a great it's a great song finely written song greatly composed song um and yeah, I like that. So since that film has come out, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road has been stuck in my head and it won't leave. I think about it every day. So that's how big an impact that had. And I really like their rendition of it. Like they had different, it wasn't like outright in the film. It was kind of like in the background. But then at one point in the film, they really, you know, let it out. But okay, so that's uh, Rocket Man. But speaking of other three-hour films, um, Avengers Endgame. Whew! Okay, I'll put like a spoiler thing in the description. But if you haven't seen it by now, like, come on, come on. And I know some of my friends are in this boat, so I apologize. But listen, I've held my tongue long enough. Um, why they gotta kill Tony though? Like, I was heartbroken sobbing in that theater i saw it coming i saw it coming like when when dr strange put up that one finger and i was like no no come on no anybody else he's been through so much the man had ptsd for a whole film and now we gotta kill him like but i mean i guess but i will say i would have walked right out that theater if um hawkeye Jeremy Renner if he jumped instead of uh Black Widow because I'm like look girl I appreciate everything you've done for the Avengers I know they're your family they're your fam bam but Jeremy Renner has a whole wife and kids to go back to like they need him that little girl was learning archery she could be his partner in crime you know um and I know these are like little random tidbits from the movie and there's probably more in-depth things to talk about but these were the things that stuck with me. Um, overall, I, of course, loved the film. I've been watching all of these movies since they came out. Um, when I was back home in Chicago, we would go with my dad every time one of them came out, another Marvel movie. Um, so, of course, we had a discussion over the phone for Endgame. Um, he's Team Cap, though. Remember when they had their Civil War? He's team, Well, him and my sister were Team Cap. I was, uh, I was the only one that was like, man, F Cap. I was all in for Stark. <laughs> I was with Tony from day one. Um, so yeah, it hurt. I will say this though. Steve came on through when he grabbed Thor's hammer, though. That was the coolest part of that whole film. <laughs> Is well, no, the coolest part was at the end, you know. You know they had to come back. I just didn't know how they were. And really, when you're in the moment and just watching the film, you don't see it coming. You don't. Like I was there, like it's over. This is the end. 
This is the end game because I hadn't seen any spoilers leading up to it. And I think I saw it maybe a week after it came out or maybe the week it came out. Um, but and, and that was another three hours that went by pretty quickly for me. Um, so while you're in the moment, I'm like, OK, this is it. It's all over. And then you hear Captain on your left. And here they come. My boy, Chala and Shuri and like the whole crew. Everybody's breaking through. And I'm like, this is going to be great. The whole and it's great to see it in theaters because the whole theater like erupted. Like everyone was like plotting, cheering and stuff. It was great. It was nice. And we all sobbed together at the end. It was it's a nice sense of community, you know. Um, but yeah, it was overall a great film great use of girl power at the end there too but honestly captain marvel captain marvel she could have just did the whole thing like girl you could have been here a while ago and just headbutted thanos and we would have been through with all of this and i also wonder why she didn't put the glove on and you know snap her fingers because i don't think it would have killed her mm -mm. why did we have to sacrifice tony but that was the one I guess, timeline in which everything went how it was supposed to go, according to Dr. Strange. Um, speaking of which, I really do want to rewatch his film, too, because I liked it, but I don't think I got everything out of it that I should have. So I want to go back and watch his film. Um, uh, more superficial things. I really enjoyed the Hulk. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, he's a great man overall. He could do no wrong in my eyes. So when he was a uh, thick Hulk, like he was still beefy and big, but like caring, supporting, sensitive. I'm like that's that's the kind of guy we all need. We all need a thick Hulk. Um, I enjoyed uh, Fat Thor. <laughs> he was great. Like when they decided like, all right, we're going to have to go kick his ass. And his little beard, uh, you know, was braided. And he had his like the armor, but it was still I'm glad it didn't go back to like his, you know, muscly physique. It was still his armor just around his like little beer gut. It was cool. I enjoyed. Um, I'm far less emotional about it now, I'm noticing than I was back in April and May, but I'm still not over Tony. I've avoided rewatching Endgame. I saw it at my friend's house about a month ago because he was watching it um, and I came in right right during the scene where Tony had to go and they had that nice little memorial for him. Then Cap turns into Joe Biden. <laughs> it's great. Everyone gets what they want. And I'm just, I did want to see, I haven't seen it yet. I did want to see Spider-Man just to see how they tie it all together. You know, um, I do feel for him because uh, Stark was his mentor and I'm like, Oh no, it's okay, Pete. Even though like, low-key uh spider-man i don't care about him i don't care about peter parker i said it i've said it before i've been saying it since like whenever the first one came out and maybe toby mcguire ruined it for me but whatever long story short in <laughs> game was awesome i think we all know it was awesome um also fuck star lord why was he even there all of this was his fault if we think about it all of it not all of it but a good portion of it ah, and that's that on that uh, on to more uh, serious topics, I guess. Um, you know, I try to keep it light and cute on here. 
to make it more of an escape from the crap that's going on around us. But this was also on my mind. Um, so I saw a little meme uh, that have probably you've seen too circulating around um, about our cool planet Earth here. And it's like something to think about. The Earth is 4.6 billion years old. So if you scale that to 46 years, we human beings have been here for four hours. And our industrial revolution began one whole minute ago. And in that time, we have destroyed more than 50% of the world's forests. Mm hmm. We did it. We did it, guys. Um, and I found that meme um, before I found out about because I honestly truly don't know how long the Amazon forest has been burning. But I found that meme maybe a month or so before I heard the news. And it's just I I don't understand. And the president of Brazil said, you know what? We we won't take those uh, millions you raised, uh, you know, to help our forest. Why don't she use that to help preserve Europe's forests? You guys need some love. And it's like, sir, you are letting the lungs of our planet die out. Like, I don't think people fully understand how science works. And it's starting to bug me. Like, religion aside, you have to know. It's... <laughs> It's proven. It's facts. It's scientific facts. And people keep fucking around. The earth is getting pissed. It was here way before, like, again, way before us. We got here an hour ago and we're already fucking shit up. Like, and it will continue without us is all I'm saying. And I know it won't, it probably won't be in some of their lifetimes or maybe even ours. But this planet's had about enough. We are a virus and it's trying to get rid of us. Like, all right, you gotta, we gotta go. We, you guys gotta leave. We can't have this. I mean, I'm doing all I can, I guess. I'm a member of Greenpeace, you know, and I read all the articles they send me and I get hopeful, but then also like, ugh, we're effed. You know, it's hard not to. Um, And I try to stay as positive as I can. And again, I know none of this is happening in my lifetime but it's still horrible to think about that we're doing this to this planet that has welcomed us in here and we've done amazing things for this planet i'm not saying it's all bad and we've done amazing things with the planet working with mother earth here but at the same time we're just it's like we're going through like a teenage angst stage right now and just want to burn down everything and i'm tired of it and it's hard of people denying that anything is happening. And like, oh, it's natural. Nature's taking its course. It's not. It kind of is because, you know, it's reacting to what we're doing, but it's not. It's not supposed to be this way. But fine. Go on. Go on. What I will say is that I'm glad that there are more people speaking up and out about this who are actually doing something and can take steps to do something to try to maybe not reverse it. Because I don't know if we can at this point, but at least slow it down and just help sustain, you know. Um, and I'm glad they're speaking out more about it and are taking lead and taking charge 
but we still have some like seriously ignorant people that are actually in charge of these things that are just keep I won't speak his name here but we all know him um which leads me to immigrants in our stupid ass country like I this was a while back not even a while back I won't say that um maybe beginning of summer where the video was circulating of not beginning of summer no 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 because she was starting school so it wasn't that long ago the little girl who was crying because they came and took her father away I came and took her father and she's like what am I supposed to do I'm starting school you know she's like Mexicans we're not doing anything bad we're not all criminals and I'm like this is heartbreaking and I know we've all seen that video and other videos like it and we all hear stories every day of stuff like that happening and I mean I'm not desensitized to it but the fact that I see something or hear something like that every other day it's just become like a new normal and that's not okay at all um I'm not going to speak too much on that just because I know I'm not that educated and read up on it to speak any, you know, actual facts into it. But I do know morally where I stand and where a lot of people, you know, I, you know, associate myself with stand, <laughs> thankfully. Um, we just got to get everyone else on board. I, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about it. Uh, like that hasn't been said already it's just it's a shame it's horrible but the one thing I will say is that I hope that hopefully when this is all done that we can provide some you know good mental health um, resources to these children and the families because they'll need it this has been grueling just for us, the outside looking in to, you know, hear about. But imagine people living through it. I, I just, oof. And I mean, there's no coincidence that mental health has just been insane as of late for people of all ages. And I am glad that we're talking more about it and having more open conversations about it and people are getting help. But again, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's been a spike, you know, in anxiety and depression. Um, yeah, it's just it sucks. I wish I could say something more eloquent, but yeah. And I mean, especially when you think about how young this country is. And how short a time has passed since everyone really got their rights in this country. Which again is another conversation for another day. But, and I mean watching films like The Black Klansman or even Milk. Which came out maybe, is that 10 years ago now? But a while ago. Um, movies like that. And Selma. Even though that was, oh no, it wasn't a while ago. That all of that transpired just seeing things like that it's like wow this was uh I still have living relatives that were around from that era it's yeah I mean I love our country 
But I also at the moment, like, again, I feel like an angsty teenager. I just want to lock up in my room and not talk to them, you know? <laughs> no great segue for this, but onto a much lighter note. Have you guys heard of that uh, show Emergence? That's on ABC. Well, coming to ABC. Um, that is basically Stranger Things for ABC. <laughs> like it's they find this girl. There's a there's a plane crash. Um, and they f- they find in the wreckage a little girl, and this little girl can manipulate metal and other fun, cool science things similar to our girl Eleven. Um, and this woman takes her in. And I think the woman is a cop, I want to say, or a detective. So I'm like, okay, okay. So it's Stranger Things for network television <laughs> and not in the 80s. It's present day. Um, I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but I just thought it was funny that everyone's trying to do this now. But speaking of Stranger Things, I hope you guys all finished it. I'll tell you what, though. Um, never ending story. That theme song stuck in my head. Never seen the film. Um, I remember seeing the trailer on different VHSs that I had. But I'm like, this is not for me. There weren't enough colors in the trailer for me to be attracted to it. I never heard the song, the never ending story. Ah, until the stranger things episode <laughs> and honestly i like dustin and Susie's version better than the original <laughs> they just have more life you know um to wrap things up this is going to be another episode in of itself uh but i wanted to touch on it a little bit i was thinking the other day i was talking with one of my friends about songs from uh certain decades that were just before their time i think and weren't they were either taken in and like deemed the most amazing thing of that decade or time or everyone was like what the hell is this um and i always go to my two examples are the Beach Boys pet sounds just that entire album everyone's like what is this Brian what are you doing what's a harmonium what are we doing with that what's this do sounds kind of spooky but now everyone loves it because no one was doing that back then they were keeping to their 60s rock and roll happy fur um happy uh surf beach fun times Brian Wilson's like you know let's put some reverb on this bitch and uh add this harmonium here you know you just stick your hand here and it goes you know some scooby-doo shit um and they weren't about it especially mike the bass player (laughs) no not the bass player i think he's saying bass sorry if you watch the movie love and mercy you'll hate mike but i guess he's cool now um Like things like that, like so I wanted to cover in another episode songs that were before their time and why they were great then, even though I wasn't around then to, you know, say if they were great or not or why they really weren't, you know, taken in as well. Um, And another one from the 80s. It's not too far out there, but everybody wants to rule the world by Tears for Fears. 
Um, I, every time I listen to this, I'm like, this is the epitome of 80s music, but also I think a little before it's time. Composition wise, I will admit the lyrics, I don't really care, but <laughs> the music, it's a 12 8 time signature, which is really cool. And it gives it like that nice little shuffle feel. The way they use the synthesizers and the arpeggiators on the synthesizers, just layering things on top of one another. And I know that is literally what New Wave is, is layering synths on top of each other. But it's just the way they did it and the way it all came together and their use of effects um, while recording it as well. Like, it's just, I think, the perfect 80s song, but also before it's time there. And I mean, that's just my opinion, man. I could be wrong. I mean, we can talk about it later. Um, but anyway, that's the show. That's it, guys. Um, thanks so much for listening, hanging in there with me. If you're listening after not hearing the show since January, thanks so much for coming back. I debated back and forth, like, should I just end this? It's been so long, but also that pride, you know, I'm a Scorpio. We're very like, I'm going to fucking do this. So here it is. Whether people listen or not, really, I just, I don't know. It's weird. I like talking on the internet. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's kind of like an outlet. It's like journaling, but publicly. <clears throat> Anywho, thanks guys for listening. I'll see you next time. You can listen on SoundCloud um, or Apple Podcasts. Um, follow us on Instagram us it's me follow me on instagram at brie and friends 90 um and on facebook the facebook page is still up and running um yeah thank you guys so much and i will see you next time bye bye